1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. And as for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jerry, I'm sure you've never heard this obscure passage before. Um, It's very beautiful. I would certainly consider reading it at a wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be be great at a wedding. Um, And yet, you know, the love that is being talked about here is not marital love, but he's rolling straight off of this passage about the church. Mm -hmm. So this is uh, the love of the saints for one another. And, um, you know, the, the love of the saints really ultimately for God, for the world, it, it, it's the source mm-hmm. of everything that he's talking about. Yeah, that's right. And so you have to read this in light of what Paul has gotten into uh, throughout First Corinthians. And so, you know, like just to run all the way back to now in like less than five seconds, you have all this controversy over, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos. You have, you know, all this controversy over um, whether to eat or not to eat the the meat of idols. And, and you know, there's this, you know, division over spiritual gifts and, mm-hmm. and uh, head coverings and all this sorts of stuff. And so here Paul is bringing it all back to one place, which is, look, you might have the most awesome spiritual gifts ever. You might be able to remove mountains. You might know everything, all the mysteries and all knowledge, but still be nothing. Mm-hmm. And this is like a grave warning. And it's it's a big redirection of, okay, like it's very ecclesiastical. It's like, okay, look, wisdom, like it's great, mm-hmm. but it's going to pass away. Mm-hmm. You know, knowledge and, and um, spiritual gifts, these are great. But once the perfect comes, once the kingdom of God is established, then no one's going to care about that word of prophecy that you gave a church, mm-hmm. you know, back in Corinth, mm-hmm. because we're going to be in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. But what you sow in love will continue to bear fruit. Mm. And so I think it's a powerful word. What, what do you think about this passage? Yeah, I think you said yesterday that 
the Corinthians were suffering from a good bit of competitiveness and, you know, just an admiration for the more visible things in community. And um, it's cool to see here he's offering this like remedy and the answer to that is love. Love is the is the remedy to our competitive spirit to like recognizing, okay, I'm we are divided as a body. I am saying to the noses that I don't need them. <laughs> um, so kind of where do I go from here? It's like, well, he's saying the most excellent thing is love. Mm-hmm. And then of course he talks about faith and hope will are great, but the greatest is love because of course when we're when the perfect comes, when Jesus comes and it establishes his kingdom on earth and we're mm-hmm. in the presence of God tangibly in a way that we've never been, which I think mm-hmm. is what the end of that is talking about. Like there's these partial things that are awesome, but there will be a reality that the presence of God, his dwelling is with man and man is with God. And when that comes, we have nothing more to hope for. Yeah, All hope will be ceased because hope is with you, <laughs> our yeah. living hope. Yeah, We won't need to, to have, there's not like a, an unseen thing that we're trusting in because the word of God is looking us face to face Gosh, and, and, but, but love will still be there. And that's interesting. And Jonathan Edwards is famous for saying that heaven is a world of love. Hmm. And I wonder if he was thinking about this never ending love that first Corinthians 13 is, is talking about. Um, but yeah, love is the more excellent thing. The thing that doesn't pass away and, and it's the remedy to this competitiveness. And then it's so interesting how he like, points out all of these, like you said, kind of dramatic like mm-hmm. things that seem, again, outwardly amazing, but are meaningless, pointless, worthless without love. And so I just feel like the thing that's being asked here at the end of it all is, so what is love? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what does that look like? Like, Absolutely. how do I know that I'm being loving or I'm pursuing love or that God is working love out in me? And mm-hmm. that's where uh, verses four through seven are so helpful. Yeah. He kind of gives us this countercultural list yeah. of what love looks like. Um, patience, kindness, lack of envy, lack of boasting, not arrogant, not rude, doesn't insist on its own way, not irritable, not resentful, mm. does not rejoice at wrongdoing, rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Um, any of those that stand out to you, honestly, as ones that are like, you know what? I sometimes forget that that's an aspect of love. <laughs> Man, I mean, gosh, uh, the whole the whole list. I mean, first of all, it's such a it's a great like two edged blade because mm-hmm. in one sense it's a prescription for us of how to live uh, and how to love others, right. which is it's very convicting and and also encouraging. Also, it's a portrait of Christ. Mm-hmm and portrait of God. And, and when you read it that way and meditate it, like God, God is love. God is patient. He's kind. Um, and, and he's not envious or, or rude to mm. us. And, and, but he, he is jealous for us. He loves yeah, God us. God is not rude. That's, yeah. That he's not sense. irritable yeah. or resentful. Like that is, it's really powerful mm-hmm. to, to see it that way. And so, um, I, I don't know that I could choose one that like the whole list, it's like each one just feels like a, mm-hmm. a, a another awesome wave, but to flip it and, and kind of read it through the lens of, of, of who is Jesus, who is this God of love. 
it, it really breathes like life mm-hmm. into it. Then yeah, I think re- one of the things that stands out related to that is like not rejoicing at wrongdoing. So like people often love to quote, "God is love." Mm-hmm. God affirms everything about you. Mm-hmm. But but if that's true, then he doesn't. And he in love is not rejoicing at wrongdoing. Then he can't affirm our wrongdoing. Yeah. Um, and so to your point, I love it because it's like, yeah, God is, he is merciful and good and kind. Yeah. And he is just like, there's a, there's a justice to love, which yeah. is kind of interesting to, to think about. And so, yeah, flipping it to like, say, how does this describe the God who is love is, um, is really helpful because mm-hmm. it makes sense of some things like that, that yeah. are in there that are like a little different than kindness and patience which is more easily associated i think yeah and uh you know just as we sort of close up like i think this this image at the end of he when i was a child i spoke like a child i thought like a child i reasoned like a child when i became a man i gave up childish ways he's using that um to sort of compare it to the faith and hope that we have now the reasoning that we have now compared to when we're on the other side of history, you know, when we're on the, on the other side of the river. And I think that that is like so helpful of, of, you know, as differently as a child thinks about things to, you know, like I think a lot nowadays about like mortgages and, and just like random stuff that before, and it, there's like this weird, like excitement of like thinking about, things that before, you know, even like a few years ago would have just like bored me to tears Mm -hmm. and then things that would have like really excited me and, and captured me then, uh, they're just like, don't really compute anymore. Mm -hmm. And as much as the way we think about things, uh, changes just throughout our life, like how much more as we enter into glory and, it gives a good grain of humility to, you know, this is not saying like, don't pursue wisdom again, very ecclesiastical. This is not saying like, don't pursue wisdom or don't pursue knowledge or faith, Mm -hmm. but you know, it it kind of frames it like the instruction manual for like putting together a piece of furniture. Mm -hmm. It's really great, really important. You're lost without it. But once it's assembled, yeah. you don't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you just throw it in the trash and mm-hmm. never think about it again mm-hmm. because right. the the fullness of the thing is there and, and um, you don't need that little Allen wrench anymore. And so you don't have to like keep it there. Like you can just let it be. Yep. <laughs> and, and so all the the studying of scripture, the, the striving of faith that we do now is preparing us to inner glory. And, but the one thing that remains is the love that we have for our Lord and for the people around us. And so we should abide in that above all other things. That's right. Yeah, that should be. That's why it's more excellent because it remains. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, this is an encouraging word as we continue through 1 Corinthians. For Jeremy Brooks, this is Will Carlisle. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. 
If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.